The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is the WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now your host, Bart Walker. Well, thank you. Good morning to you. How are you doing today? We're talking lawns and gardens this morning. That's right, we are. Uh, but there are things you need to know, even though winter is here. Uh, some days it's winter, some days it's fall. <laughs> and we're going to be uh, learning all about that today. Some fun things happening at the Lane Agri-Park and the Agricultural Extension Service. Rachel Painter is with us today. Hey, Rachel, good morning. Good morning. How are y'all doing this uh, doing morning? Doing great. It's good. beautiful outside. It it's is. Gorgeous. It does not feel like winter outside. No. It feels wonderful. And did not feel like winter at the Christmas parade either. <laughs> no. 50-something degrees and sunny. Yes. Which, uh, I'll, I'll take that one. Anytime. No, not complaining at all. It feels great outside. If you haven't gotten outside yet this morning, go ahead and head outside, open the door. It feels wonderful. Now, it's not, uh, you know, you don't want to go out and probably plant anything, although you can do trees and shrubs, but uh, yes, uh, there are things you could be doing right now in addition to the trees and shrubs, like mm -hmm. checking your soil. Yes, it is a great time to check the soil. Um, you know, any time that the soil is not frozen, which rarely happens here in Tennessee, um, is a good time, but it is especially a great time in the fall because now you have time to get those results back, you're not rushed, and then in the springtime you'll have plenty of time to know exactly what to do for your soil. So again, we do offer soil tests through the Soil Plant and Pest Center, which is in Nashville, and you can stop by the Rutherford County Extension Office anytime to get a soil test box. So we have those at the front desk, and we will um, explain how to do a soil test so that you know that you are doing it correctly. And then um, if you would like us to send that off to the lab for you, we are happy to do that for you as well. Um, so again, a soil test simply means that you are taking a sample of your soil, sending it to the lab, and they will um, send back the nutrient analysis of your soil. So they're going to tell you the nutrient levels that are present in your soil, and that way you know what to add. So they will also tell you exactly what to add and when and how much. Um, and so that way you're not guessing. So again, always a great idea. That way you know that you are using the proper amount of fertilizer or if you need to change your pH or something like that. So yes, now is a great time to do a soil test. Come to the Extension office and get a soil test box. And Rachel, how long are these soil tests accurate? About three years is a good, you know, estimate on that. Um, so if you're, um, that's for your lawn or your home garden, if you are trying to really change that soil, so for instance, if you were trying to plant blueberries and you were trying to lower the pH, which is necessary for blueberries, then you might want to do it, you know, first, get an initial soil test it's going to tell you what to do and then you might want to test it the next year as well just to see if that worked or if you still need to continue lowering the ph so um, that's an instance where you might want to do one you know year after year a farmer that their you know livelihood depends on the the nutrient levels in the soil they might want to be doing one more often um, but again three you know four years even is a good um, time frame for your soil test results now, if you 
want to raise blueberries, say, mm -hmm. you'd need to, I guess, put that in your description that yes. you send to them, say, I'm wanting to raise this or whatever it is. Yes, we have crop codes that you put on your soil test a report, your sheet that you send in with your soil to the lab, and you tell them what you're trying to grow. So there's, you know, very vague ones such as vegetable garden and then there's very specific um, crop codes on there like blueberries um, there's also uh, for your lawn so you can do a cool season lawn code or a warm season lawn code so your cool season lawn is your fescue things that are green right now um, and your warm season uh, grasses are your bermuda so the ones that are um, green during the heat of the summer that can take more heat okay so uh, fill those out about how long does it take to get it back typically a week uh, maybe even up to two weeks if they're very busy um, the best thing you can do is try to take your soil test when your soil is dry so do not take a soil test you know the day after a big rain because um, they have to dry that down so it takes more time for them to get you results so again um, a day like today is a great day to go and grab your soil test and send that in and again they should have those results back to you in about a week or two weeks um, and then of course that might be impacted by um, you know the Christmas. holiday season yes <laughs> exactly time off now do you need a special container to put these in or do you just put them in a box or what the, uh, we have a soil test box itself so you fold it together and um, it's about two cups of soil mm -hmm. so when you're taking a soil test you'll go around to eight to ten different locations on your property and go down six inches in the soil and put that sample into a bucket and so then you continue going to the next location and the next location until you get eight to ten different samples from your yard and then you'll mix those together in your bucket so that you have a representative sample of the entire yard or you know garden area and once you mix those together you would pull out two cups of that sample and put that into your soil test box. So again, the goal is to get a representative sample of the entire yard if you treated that entire you know, garden or lawn area the same. So if you um, have not you know, treated one particular area differently by adding amendments or nutrients to one you know, spe specific area, then you can do one soil test and those are good for up to 10 acres. But if you have treated you know, one area completely differently or added a bunch of you know, amendments or anything like that, then you would need to do two separate tests. Okay, so uh, head over to the Ag Center and fill out that uh yes. fill up the box yes where are you located we are at 315 john r rice boulevard so we are right down the street from sam's right next door to paul's um you can see us from i-24 um so it's called lane agri-park if you look us up and you can't miss it it's the only you know open 40 acres in all of rutherford county yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's where the farmer's market is yes uh, and it, it'll be here before we know it it will it'll be may soon <laughs> yeah. Now, last time we spoke, we were talking about uh, becoming a, a master gardener, and we were encouraging people to fill out those applications quickly because it was about to wrap up. Uh, you only had a few left. Yes. Did that fill up? It did. It did. We did fill up. So there are a lot of people interested in becoming a master gardener here in Rutherford County, and we are grateful for that. We love our program, and we have a great uh, program here in Rutherford County. So if you aren't familiar with the master gardener program, they 
um, learn. They go to classes and become a master gardener by going through a training series. And then they go out and serve volunteer hours in the in the community. And those are not just gardening in their own yard. Those are teaching classes and educating the community. So their purpose or their goal or mission is to educate. So they are um, teaching classes at the Limeball Library. And next year, those will be um, in person and their podcast. So people love the podcast and we are excited to get back in person at the Limeball Libraries. So we're all uh, happy check to those be out. back. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But people did love the podcast. So, oh, yeah. Um, the Limeball Library worked with us as soon as, you know, COVID started and, and said, we've got to pivot and come up with a way to still get your information out. So we are grateful for them. So again, the Master Gardeners teach at the Limeball Libraries and at the St. Clair Senior Center. Um, they also have classes at our farmer's market, and they um, have our demonstration gardens at Lane Agri Park. So if you haven't seen those, head on out to Lane Agri Park and see all of their demonstration gardens. And all the plants are labeled so you can tell what is growing well here in Murfreesboro. Um, so that's especially great if you're from out of town. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see what grows well here. Um, so, yes, we have new trainees that are going to be added to our class next year. So that is full already. And if you are interested in becoming a Master Gardener, you can still get on our email list so that you will get notified next year in October when those applications open up for 2023 training. So it does fill up very quickly. So I would say if you are interested, go ahead and get your email on there. Go ahead and, and receive our newsletter so that you know when those applications open up. Now, if you did not do that in time uh, and, and you missed out, mm-hmm. there's still time for the Garden Basics class. Yes. Is, is that a good thing to do before you go into Master Gardens? Yes, it is. So Garden Basics, um, the goal of that is not to become a volunteer like the Master Garden program itself. The Garden Basics class is mostly taught by our Master Gardeners themselves. So they put this on and it is a five week training class and we just teach the basics. So it is much more um, basic level. It is not as in-depth as the Master Gardener training itself. And again, it's five weeks um, starting the first week in March. So again, applications are open for Garden Basics now. And the um, application, you know, you turn that in with the $50 fee. And then um, the classes will begin uh, the first Thursday in March. And those classes are on Thursday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Okay, so uh, what is the price on that again? It is $50, and you just fill out the application. It's on our website. It's also available um, at the Extension Office itself if you want to stop by. And again, $50, and that's a great Christmas gift. So if you do not know what to get someone and they love gardening or you're new to the area and you're trying to figure out, you know, I don't have any idea how to garden in Tennessee or what to grow in Tennessee, then the Garden Basics program, again, is $50, and that would be a great Christmas gift. So um, the applications will be open through uh, the end of January. So you don't have to get it in, you know, before we close down for Christmas in a few days. So um, talk with whoever, you know, you want that gift for, and um, that would be a great thing to go ahead and, and pay for their Garden Basics class for them for Christmas. Now, when will the Ag Sitter close for Christmas? So we close down um, Christmas Eve. So we are open next week. Um, and again, we close down uh, Christmas Eve, the 24th. And then we do not open back up until January 3rd. 
Okay, open January the 3rd, so mm-hmm. you have a little period in there where you're going to have to yes. brave it on your own. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you're going to have to look at our website and learn from our publications. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, one more thing, on the Garden Basics class, mm-hmm. is there a maximum number of students that that can handle? I mean, There is, So yes. we need to fill out that application yes. now. Get that in soon. Again, those will be open through January, but it is first come, first serve. So we, we probably will fill up. And those will be back in person. So last year, of course, we held those on Zoom. Um, and, you know, that's just not wonderful yeah. um, for <laughs> learning about gardening um, as yeah, a beginner. That's, you want to see it. You want to yes. touch the flowers. You want Exactly. Wanna... Yes. We like to teach people in person and show them exactly what we're talking about. Um, and it is much better when you're in person to just, you know, ask questions mm-hmm. to these master gardeners. So definitely go ahead and sign up. And again, this is more of a beginner level. Um, and it's a great stepping stone to becoming a master gardener. Now, you mentioned if you just moved here and haven't lived in Tennessee all of your life. Mm-hmm. There, th- this area is different. Obviously, every area is different. Yes. What you grow in New England is different from mm-hmm. here. What you grow in... California. Uh, California <laughs> is different from here, or Florida, wherever yes. it might be. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of you bring those ideas and dreams. I want to grow this. I had that mm-hmm. always as a child. Well, it may not work here. <laughs> no. And you're setting yourself up for, uh, you know, feeling bad. So uh, learn what does grow. Yes, exactly. It is much better to, to learn about our area first and what grows well here so that you aren't um, you know, struggling or upset all the time with plants dying. So definitely come and learn. Um, and even if you aren't interested in taking the garden basics class or becoming a master gardener, you can ask questions of the master gardeners themselves at any of their projects around the community, or you can just come to the extension office or contact us, you know, by phone or email and ask to speak to an ag extension agent. By the way, I want to mention, if you have a particular question, maybe you are new to the area or maybe Mm -hmm. you've lived here all your life and there's just something that popped into your mind that you wanted to share or wanted to ask, give us a call, 615-893-1450. You can also text us at that same number, 615-893-1450. And that's what we do each day here on WGNS Action Line. We hear from you. Oh, I wanted to mention this too, because this is new from the last time you were on. Mm -hmm. For for our listeners in the Smyrna area, Laverne, the northern end of the county, we now have a new transmitter in that area, physically there. Good. And so uh, if you live in Murfreesboro, tune to 101.9 or AM 1450. And if you live in the northern end of the county, tune to FM 100.5 and so you'll hear us super clear yes everywhere and then of course you can listen to us on the website streaming right now on your smartphone or wherever at wgnsradio.com and you really can listen everywhere even in holland while uh, you (laughs) i I don't know if this is probably winter uh, and the flowers don't do like they like we think about for Holland. I don't know. I'm not very good with geography. Yeah, for somebody <laughs> listening in Holland, give us a call. Yes, yes. I'm sure they will. Let us know. That's right. Uh, unfortunately, if you call us, no, if you text us, I guess it's free. Yes, yeah. Okay. They can always text us questions. Let yeah. us know what's growing in your area. 615-618-1450. And Rachel Painter is with us today from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. 
One thing I, I think we need to tell people, especially those who are thinking about adding uh, trees, shrubs, what have you, there are some trees and shrubs that grow better in our area. Mm-hmm. And over at the Ag Center, you have a large area yes. with some display gardens, display walkways that have mm-hmm. plants on them, and you can see yes. what it does. Mm-hmm. That is very helpful because then you can see it through all different seasons. So definitely stop by at different times of the year and see how things look. Um, and again, the Master Gardeners manage all of those gardens. We have many different different demonstration gardens. We have a perennial bed area. We have a butterfly or pollinator garden area. We have an herb garden. We have a vegetable garden with, you know, five to six different types of raised beds. So you can see, ooh, I really like this, you know, plastic kit that snaps together. Or I really like these brick ones or this block one or this wood one. Um, or maybe, you know, growing directly in the ground. So you can see different uh, styles or ways of gardening. Um, we also have many different uh, fruit trees. Uh, we have blueberries, blackberries, different crepe myrtles. So you can see what kind of crepe myrtle you might want. Um, so we have tons of different uh, trees, shrubs, bushes, you know, fruits, vegetables, everything growing so that you can see it at different times of the year. And again, those are all labeled. So that's very helpful. You can just take out your phone, take a quick photo, and that way you don't forget. Now, if you're wanting to plant some fruit trees like plums and mm-hmm. apple and what have you, or if you want blueberries and strawberries and all sorts of those delicious berries, uh, yes. do they do pretty well here in Rutherford County? No. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> grocery um, store is best. <laughs> yes, yes. So we can grow fruit trees, but I would caution you, um, that's probably best for maybe an experienced gardener, and it's going to take a little bit more time. Um, so, you know, fruit trees especially. So you could easily probably grow some strawberries, um, maybe even, you know, blackberries and raspberries. Those are much faster than a fruit tree itself. And um, with our fruit trees, um, diseases spread on water. And we are very humid here in Tennessee. So um, it's going to be nearly impossible to grow those without a, a regular fungicide spray schedule. So you're going to have to spray those trees with a fungicide regularly to make sure that there's anything worth eating um, in the end. So, you know, definitely that's going to take a little bit more time and effort um, and just learning about that process. So I would say, you know, definitely if you're if you're not one of those that's in for a long term commitment, uh, maybe just go to the grocery store or a farmer's market. So um, those aren't in season right now, but um, you there's can no definitely, farmer's market either. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. So um, definitely, you know, reach out to your local farmers whenever it is time for harvest and support them. And of course, uh, we'll be telling you more about the local farmer's market, which is over at the Lane Agri-Park as we get closer. You also have a a large uh, uh, grape orchard right there. Yes. And a pond. Yes. We have a a vineyard. We have an orchard, the pond, and you can fish in that. Um, There's a sign with the guidelines and rules to do so. Um, And then a large pavilion. So it's a great place to get, you know, take your family and just spend some time outdoors and enjoy the gardens. Say what let's do. Let's pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather. We will be right back. Rachel Painter is our guest from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. And uh, we'll be beginning the segment where we do take calls or comments. 
at 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. The Dave Ramsey Show, weekdays from 1 to 4. Broadway County's place to talk. Gandy Seafood and Cajun Market is located on Memorial Boulevard across from the Sportscom. They specialize in fresh gulf seafood, steamed seafood, and Cajun favorites. Check us out on Facebook or come on down to the Gandy Seafood Cajun Market for all your seafood needs. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. Did you know that Demas's now can cater events? We can ship most of our pastas and we can deliver it to your door. If you're interested in our catering, you can go to DemasesRestaurants.com and click on the menus on catering to see what options we have available for your next event. Demas's Family Restaurants, go to DemasesRestaurants.com. Demas's Family Restaurants on 1115 Northwest Broad Street. In this season of giving, don't forget to give to your pet. Here at Animal City, we would love to help you with your pet needs. Your small animals might prefer a larger living space, your reptiles might like some new decor, and your other pets might like some new toys to keep them entertained. Right now, all of our Animal City departments are overflowing with new and exciting toys. Dog toys, bird toys, cat toys, we have them all. This is Amanda from Animal City. Come do business with Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. It's so important that we recognize our veterans, shake their hands and say how proud we are of the service that they have given to our country and that we thank them for that. I am Becky Bookner and we salute our veterans. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. We're talking with Glenn King. How old were you when you enlisted? Barely 17. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who served in the Korean War. After I got out, eventually ended up working for the federal government. I worked in Huntsville, Alabama at the Army Missile Command. Ended up managing several of the major air defense missile systems. One was the Stinger and the Red Eye, shoulder-held missile systems. Then there was the Nike Hercules. And then from there, the Hawk missile. And the last system that I had was the Patriot. And the Patriot missile, it, it was highly classified for a long time until the Gulf War. The missiles you're talking about, these are things that are in history books. Well, they're still using some of the systems like the Red Eye and the Stinger. They're heat seekers. You were on the ground floor, so to speak, of seeing these missiles and how they operate and how they're going to be used. One of the things that I was very, very involved in is the training of the armed forces as to how to use the missile systems. Back then, we didn't have any enemies that were trying to encroach on us where we needed to use them. So it wasn't until the Gulf War that we got to use some of them. This has been the GNS and our call stands for Good Neighbor Station. That's been our objective since 1947. WTNS, AM, FM, and online. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One, MiddleTennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Merry Christmas from all of us at News Radio WGNS.
Hey, Merry Christmas to you. Welcome back. I, I want to mention, whenever I run into something really neat, and whatever you do it too, you ought to tell somebody. <laughs> I was out yesterday, and I had to go by the post office to get some stamps. Post off, I went to the one on, on uh, Memorial, out by Sportscom, and I, I've just planned in my mind I'm going to be here for a while because <laughs> there will be a line. I mean, it was like at lunch. I picked the worst time, lunchtime uh, during Christmas, uh, the week or so before Christmas. When I went in there, the line was, there was no line. There were two or three people in front of me, but they had the thing so organized. Uh, they had an indoor and an outdoor, uh, and they had the thing running smoothly. Everybody was lined up at the counter helping each other. When you left, they said, Merry Christmas. Just, it was a nice experience. So our hat's off to the post office, I tell you. (laughs) (laughs) You turned uh, what could have been a a long Mm -hmm. wait into it, a pleasant experience. So I did hear this morning on the radio as I was driving here um, an ad from the U.S. Postal Service Mm -hmm. saying that they had added a lot of vehicles to their fleets and they have added a lot of employees this time of year and so um they were you know making a a point that it might seem like magic that all your uh you know cards and gifts get there on time so i've been pretty impressed with them too so yes hats off to them thank you all of our postal service workers i noticed they had a big tent in the back of the post office too. Mm. I mean, I'm big adding tent. space. Good. Uh, so I, I guess they're working in it. So it hmm. probably is heated as well. I hope. Yeah. Maybe not today. It feels right, pretty no, good outside. Nice day but. today. <laughs> Our number six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty, and we're talking about your lawns. Uh, we mentioned that this is a good time of the year to plant trees and shrubs. It is. A lot of people moving into new houses. Mm-hmm. The housing market is exploding oh, here. Yes. Uh, Mm -hmm. when people are adding, because when you move in, Mm -hmm. they've usually taken it down to the dirt. Yes. Uh, What should you be adding? What kind of trees and shrubs are good for you? So we have tons of different publications online. So if you just type in UT extension uh, publications, you'll go to our publications page. And you can also type in utcourt.com. And both of those websites will take you to some of our plant list. So we have different plant lists for basically everything. So we have one for screens. We have one uh, for annuals. Um, you know, smaller flowers and things that you can add for some, you know, quick pops of color. Uh, we have one on bulbs. We have one, um, you know, tre- trees and shrubs in general. Um, so we have tons of different plant lists. And those are um, gathered, those recommendations, from our specialists across the state. So they are sharing the certain plant uh, cultivars and varieties that have proven to show that they have grown well here in Tennessee and that they um, don't really have many insect or disease problems. So that is what you're looking for. Um, And we, again, have those plant lists online. And you can also stop by the Extension Office. So we have those printed out right there at the front counter. You can just stop right in. Again, we are at 315 John R. Rice Boulevard. And you can stop in the Extension Office and grab some of those publications for free and um, get those plant lists. And even if you want to take some photos of your space and bring those in we'd be happy to discuss with you um, what might work well in your area so again um, in the area that you have meaning 
Um, so if you want to take some pictures of the outside of your, you know, lawn and, and garden area that you have to work with, then we can uh, discuss what might go well there. So some things to keep in mind are the space that you have. So, you know, look at any barriers. So you don't really want to plant something right in front of your window if you want to keep some light coming in that is going to eventually cover your window. So keep that in mind. So height barriers like your windows or the roof line, even power lines. So look up, make sure there's not a power line right there that eventually that plant would be growing into and have to be cut back year after year. Uh, keep sidewalks in mind. Um, you know, anything that eventually when the plant reads it, reaches its full size or full maturity, that it would be too big for that space. So again, uh, don't plant something. I know when you buy it, it's small, it's tiny, right? But it is good going to grow and once it does you don't want it to be um, have to be cut back every single year we have a text here from a listener who says we moved into our house about 20 years ago the kids have grown up now and while they were growing up i was doing things like raising children and didn't <laughs> take care of the <laughs> oh of the imagine bushes. that <laughs> <laughs> and they say the bushes have now grown uh where they're uh, right up over the windows almost mm. if i cut them back Mm -hmm. A lot of people have said, no, you'll have a lot of woody areas there with no greenery. Uh, will that greenery come back if I cut them to the right height? So uh, the answer is yes, hopefully, depending on how I healthy. Like yes, yes, hopefully. hopefully <laughs> yes, it depends. That That's Mitchell Mode's favorite answer. It depends. Um, so definitely it should if it is a healthy plant um, and the best time to prune um, is going to be probably in march so not right now leave it alone for right now because if you cut it back then yes it would just be woody ugly because it's probably not going to push out any green growth right now even though they are so, green yes exactly so they're green right now but it would take a lot of energy um, and it would be probably, you know, they're probably more so a little bit dormant right now. Um, so you would want to wait until March and then it will be pushing out a flush of new growth. Ah, okay. So that's what you're waiting for is that once you prune, you want it to be able to start pushing out, you know, beautiful new growth immediately. Otherwise, all you're going to see is woody branches. Mm -hmm. So um, I would wait until March to prune those back. And when you are pruning those back, you don't want to make a flat top just one you know flush growth uh, or cut you want to follow those branches back to where they came from so you're trying to follow that back to a node um, or back to the branch that it came off of and then make that cut flush um, or a tiny bit outside of that branch collar um, where it came from so again uh, when you're looking at a branch or something like that instead of just cutting it off wherever you want that height to be follow it back a little bit further back to the branch that it came off of and cut it there and that way that branch can continue to push out new growth as it should so otherwise you would if you made a cut in the middle of this branch wherever you thought it should be instead of following it back to the branch it came off of then it would push out some weak branching from there so if you've ever seen a crepe myrtle where somebody just wax it off um, it pushes out or even a Bradford pear it pushes out um, you know very skinny little branches right there at that point at the end and um, you know we can even call those suckers if you want to um, or sprouts and those would be very weak and they would break off very easily and they're just not going to be as pretty 
So again, follow that branch back. And if you look up proper pruning methods, then that will all be explained with photos, which is much, much easier to explain it when you're looking at it with someone. Um, so again, proper pruning methods, and uh, you can look those up. And we have publications on that as well from UT Extension. Okay, we have another, you've generated another question here. <laughs> this person says, I'm glad you asked that question because I have the same problem, but mine is with the crepe myrtle, and it's grown not over the windows, but above the house. Uh, mm, yes. <laughs> how can I trim that back to where it is around the window height? Yes, so that is a, a very common problem with crepe myrtles because a lot of people aren't aware that there are dwarf crepe myrtles available. And the dwarf crepe myrtles, is, or they are going to stay a better height for your house. So if you have something near a home, I would not plant a full-size crepe myrtle unless your house is gigantic. because. So how far from the house should you plant it? I mean, like out in the yard. Oh, yes, somewhere away from the house, not Not near it. Yes, not near the house. So a normal size crepe myrtle is going to get very, very large, um, probably 25 feet or so. Um, A dwarf crepe myrtle is probably around 15 feet, which is a better size if it's closer to your home. Um, And so this crepe myrtle, for this person's answer, um, you again want to wait until March to prune that. And uh, when you do prune that, you're going to choose five to seven main leaders, so main trunks uh, from the ground, and you would want to keep those. So part of the beauty of a crepe myrtle is its bark and its branching structure. So you're trying to keep that. You're not trying to, you know, whack it off called crepe murder. Um, So again, you want to choose five to seven main trunks uh, coming from the ground, and um, the others, remove them completely. Um, and then when you choose those main trunks, um, again, you're not trying to, you know, whack them off. You're trying to thin them up. So you would want to remove some of those branches, remove some of that height by taking one of those branches, following it all the way back to where it came off of that trunk and cutting it there. So again, you always want to take a branch and, you know, if you were thinking about removing, you know, a part of your arm, amputating your arm, you would go back to a node or a joint. So that's what you're trying to do is follow it back to a joint. So follow it back to the branch it came off of and cut it there. Okay. Uh, I'm glad you brought that up then. So uh, those are things you need to both of those situations wait until March. Yes. And then again, uh, we have videos um, about pruning pruning crepe myrtles specifically um, on UT Extension, you know, YouTube channels and things like that. Um, If you look up our gardens in Jackson, they post a lot of videos about that. Um, So you can look up our UT gardens on uh, YouTube, just on the internet, and find uh, some of their information available. Um, So Celeste Scott is an agent there um, in Madison County. And then Jason Reeves, he works with the UT Gardens in Jackson, Tennessee as well. And they have some great, great videos that will explain how to do that. So is this a a garden that would be worth our while to see if we're ever in that area? Yes, for sure. So we have uh, different UT Gardens across the state. And they are our botanical gardens for the state of Tennessee. So we have one in Knoxville, which is the headquarters, of course. Um, So the UT Gardens in Knoxville. Then there's one in Crossville. Um, So that is um, at our Plateau uh, Research Station. And then uh, we have one in Jackson, Tennessee. So definitely, if you were ever in any of those areas, stop by those UT Gardens and uh, seed those. 
Knoxville, Crossville, or Jackson. Yes, exactly. And again, just like our gardens at Lane Agri Park, um, they have all the plants labeled so you can see what is growing, what you like. Um, and they do more of our trial programs as well. So they would have um, the one in Crossville has over a thousand different kinds of roses, and that's what they're trialing to try to figure out Rose Rosette. The one in Knoxville, I think, has at least over a hundred different types of hibiscus and hydrangeas. So they have those, you know, there so you can see them all growing side by side and see what you like. Now, I really want to encourage people to go over and see your gardens yes. at the Lane Agri Park because. People are thinking, well, gardens this time of the year? Well, <laughs> you can see what they look like yes, this time of the year. Exactly. You have uh, plots of grasses, different types of grasses. Yes. You can look and see what they look like because, mm-hmm. you know, they're not going to all be beautiful and green. Some may be greener than others, but mm-hmm. it lets you know what they look like. You have a sheet on them as to yes. which grasses are easiest, uh, what you need to do to make it work. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's just a great service. And a lot of people don't think about when they're planting something, having a year-round interest. So that's what you're trying to shoot for is having different things blooming at different times, different things green at different times, so that your yard or your garden doesn't look wonderful in spring and then blah the rest of the year. So make sure you're adding in some different things that are going to add some interest at different seasons. Um, so different blooms or even berries or something like that in the wintertime so that you still have some different pops of color, um, some greenery, and everything isn't just, you know, losing all of its leaves in the wintertime and looking bare. So obviously it's going to be a little bit more, you know, brown, green, a little bit dreary, but um, we can't have spring all the time. (laughs) But um, it definitely is a good idea to go see again at the gardens uh, what looks pretty now so that you can add some interest and know what is going to remain a little bit pretty and have some greenery during this time of the year. Here's another text from a listener following that thought that you just had there. They said it's it's just sort of blah this time of the year and <laughs> they get sort of fatigued and bored and everything. Is there any type of flower you can put out that will add color and just a little pizzazz to what's around my yard? So right now, um, a good idea would be the ornamental uh, kale and cabbages. So those can have some different ranges of purples, obviously, and green. So um, those aren't necessarily considered a flower. And that's what I want to also add is that you don't have to have flowers to have color. So we can have different uh, small bushes or shrubbery that has different uh, colored leaves. And a lot of the time that adds much more color and pizzazz, as they said, than flowers themselves this time of year. So a lot of anything that's really going to be flowering this time of the year is probably going to have a very small um, smaller flower, inconspicuous flower, um, something like that. We do have some, you know, little pansies, violas, those kinds of things. But I would say for your biggest bang for your buck, put in a couple shrubs, small shrubs, uh, maybe even dwarf size, that have a leaf that changes to an orange or red or whatever this time of year, yellow this time of year, so that you can add that color in a larger um, larger way. So you can see that from the road um, instead of a flower that you have got to be closer to see or plant a lot of them to see. I just got a texture from a listener. This is nothing to do with gardening, but I want to mention <laughs> it. Uh, the person says, I live in Walter Hill, 
and my 100.5 signal has some static on it now oh. that it did not used to have. Uh oh. What can I do? And the answer is very simple. Go to 101.9 instead. <laughs> uh, as we mentioned a little bit earlier, we're now we have a transmitter mm. in Smyrna. Yes. Uh, so we, we move the 100.5 to Smyrna. Uh, it's physically in Smyrna now <laughs> and not in Murfreesboro. Yes. Uh, but 101.9 is in Murfreesboro. Mur yes. So Walter Hill would be considered more Murfreesboro. Okay. Uh, so just uh, for our listeners in Walter Hill, tune to the Murfreesboro frequency. 101.9. Okay. And, and let me know if that solves your problem, too. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. Rachel Painter is with us. Rachel's an extension agent with the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. Merry Christmas from all of us at News Radio WGNS. Hi, this is Tina Fox at the Rutherford Farmers Co-op. Please come see us for all your gift needs. We have great car art clothing and our muck boots, and we have any kind of gift you would need for Christmas. Always don't forget our gift department. The Co-op Farm and Home Center is located at 985 Middle Tennessee Boulevard, just off of South Church. Remember, you don't have to be a member to shop here. Come on by and say howdy to Tina Fox at the Co-op Farm and Home Center. It is your Christmas headquarters. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard, capstarbank.com, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Good morning. Still heavy traffic, but it's moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area as you continue towards Davidson County, towards Nashville. Lots of radar uh, here up and down. I-24, uh, rather, as you make your way uh, in and through Coffee County. It's an underwater world of wonder at Ripley's Aquarium. Check them out at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms here this afternoon with cloudy skies, a high in the upper 60s. Southwest winds of 15 to 20 miles per hour, gusting as high as 30. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 57. If you want to talk sports, you want to talk local, you want to talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett, it's all sports talk. Weekdays at 5 on WGNS. Welcome back. We're talking lawns and gardens and a little bit other, too. <laughs> Rachel Painter is with us this morning from the Rutherford County Agricultural Extension Service. And uh, here's a strange question a listener has. No, no questions are strange. I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> uh, we have a, a cat and a dog. Should I be concerned with any of the holiday plants that we have out? Are there any of them? I guess you can't stop a cat or a dog if they want to eat one. <laughs> Inside the house, I guess, is what they're talking about. So our poinsettias, um, things like that, are toxic, yes. Um, but, you know, I don't know that I would be so super concerned. Um, you know, again, that's something that you need to make that decision yourself. Um, you know, how 
how often is your plant uh, your plant being uh, eaten? I guess um, would be the issue. Um, but for most dogs and cats, uh, for most sized dogs and cats, if they were to eat a little bit, consume a little bit, then it's not going to harm them. Um, but again, I don't I don't know that. I'm not a vet. Um, but you um, you know maybe just put it out of reach a little bit. Um, but for most, the toxicity is not at a high enough level that it would harm them um, unless they were just scarfing down the entire plant. What or what causes that? What makes, what is the attraction? It, it is, does it taste good or does it I don't color? Know. Uh, we should ask a dog or cat, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but they have found that uh, certain plants are toxic to our, our pets. Um, so we do want to be careful. But, um, I mean, a lot of houseplants are actually toxic to our pets. So, you know, I know this time of the year a lot of people are talking about it because they're bringing in a poinsettia inside their house. Um, and maybe they don't normally have house plants, but if you normally have house plants inside your house and your pets are leaving them alone, then I wouldn't be too concerned about bringing in a poinsettia. Um, because a lot of our house plants, again, are toxic to, to our pets. So just make sure they aren't, uh, you know, taking too many bites, I mm-hmm. guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Keep the pets away from those yes. uh, poinsettias. Yes. Uh, here's another text from a listener, and this one says, uh, we had not had a living Christmas tree until this year. Mm. And I remember back when I was a kid, they were saying, put seven up or something in the base along with the water. Is that mm. still true? Does it do anything good for the tree? You know, I am not sure. I have not heard of that. Um, and I, I don't know, to be honest. Um, I'm guessing that they're saying it's probably just adding sugar. I would think. So is that good? Sugar to a tree? I mean, what does that do? I mean, that's just, you know, the the plants themselves are making their own sugars. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm guessing that they're, I don't know. I don't know what 7-Up would be doing. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure. Maybe it's in our heads. Um, so don't give it a diet 7-Up. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Does your tree need to be on a diet or have a sugar high? I don't know. Um, but uh, Mitchell Moat is going to be writing an article um, about... Uh, um, the Christmas tree, planting it outside and things mm-hmm. like that. So maybe look in his article. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, and will that be in your... Uh... That will be uh, in the Daily News Journal. Oh, so okay. uh, we write articles for the Daily News Journal, the DNJ, and the Tennessean. Very good. So uh, check, check that those, one out. Yes, yeah. check those out. And, you know, I will have to find out about the 7-Up trick and see yeah, um, if that too. has any, you know, scientific backing. And so uh, I know there's a, a limited time also of keeping those living trees in mm-hmm. the house. Yes. Uh, either, and you'd mentioned Mitchell's going to be doing an article on planting it. Yes. But even if you have a living tree in the house that you mm-hmm. take out, uh, you can't leave them up very long. Uh, they become fire hazards. Oh. And I, a messy hazard, too. Uh, yes, I was going <laughs> to say, yes. Inside the house, they, they can dry out very quickly or easily. Um, and again, you know, he will be discussing uh, planting those outside. Some people choose to take them outside and try to plant them and, and see if they'll grow. Um, so, yes, be be fire aware. Okay, <laughs> do that. We have about uh, two minutes left in the broadcast. In the final segment of the show, 
let's talk about some of the things people need to be planning for in the new year, because that'll be here before we know it. It will. It really will. So Extension is offering many different programs right now, as you've heard, um, and a lot that are going to be coming up in the new year. And two of those programs that I want to quickly highlight before we leave today is called Farming Fundamentals um, and then the UT... um, Farmers, uh, Farm Manager, uh, Master Farm Manager Program. So it has uh, lots of words, but the Master Farm Manager Program is for those that are coming into a management role or maybe taking over the family farm. Um, And then the Farming Fundamentals is basically like our Garden Basics, but for farmers. So it is teaching you about the fundamentals of farming. So about running an ag business, you know, production practices, and that is both of those are for all areas of agriculture, all areas of farming. Um, So both of those programs will be opening up um, to occur in January. So you do need to sign up for those now. So the signups again are open right now for Farming Fundamentals and the Master Farm Manager Program. And um, again, the the information about those is on WGNSRadio.com. So if you want to learn more about those, um, it's already on your website. So go and check those out and learn how to sign up now. So again, Farming Fundamentals and the Master Farm Manager Program are open now for signups and those are for those that are either new or beginning beginning farmers or those that are uh, coming into a management role on the farm okay so if if you are a family farmer yes your parents are family farmers yes. and you're growing up and, and taking, sort of that taking over, over yes uh, you need to take this course is there a fee with that there is uh so the farming fundamentals i know that one cost a hundred dollars i believe master farm manager is around that same uh, cost as well and um both of those are offered um online and i believe also in the future in person so the master farm manager um, does have some in-person locations that are listed online and they have um, live webinar series that will begin in january and the uh, farming fundamentals is completely online right now starting again in january as well Um, but they will offer some in-person you know hands-on trainings i believe in the new year so again farming fundamentals and master farm manager program and you can find more information um, online you can go to uh, i believe it's just farmingfundamentals.tennessee.edu and then um, the master farm manager.tennessee.edu or again wgnsradio.com very good rachel painter our guest this morning from the rutherford county agricultural extension service rachel thank you and merry christmas to you thank you merry christmas to all of you 